Elizabeth Chapel, a lifelong entrepreneur who finally found my niche. After years of new ideas and jumping from business to business, I figured out how to turn a craft into a successful career. In 2016, I started a monthly subscription box for quilters. That little startup has grown into a thriving, multiple six-figure business that I am so proud of. As a published author, designer of fabrics and patterns being sold throughout the world, my favorite thing to do is to teach others how to grow a career of their dreams. Each week you'll hear from me or from other guests who are creative entrepreneurs, so you can learn exactly what to do and what not to do to grow a career that's more rewarding and successful than you ever thought possible. If you're ready to turn your craft into a career that you love, I am so excited you're here. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. Welcome to the Craft to Career podcast. I am Elizabeth Chapel of Quilters Candy, and today is Friday, September 8th, a very exciting day. This is the day that my quilt pattern writing course, my signature course opens. It opens one time a year for this year. It's only six days that you're able to join. And I would love to have you come and learn how to make your best quilt patterns yet. If you are interested in becoming a quilt pattern designer, please take a look. There are only six days, again, once a year. I do not want you to miss it or have to wait until next year. So go to quilterscandy.com and visit. You'll see it on the homepage. You can also go to courses. It is the quilt pattern writing course. I would love to have you in the course. This is episode 125, and I'm really excited to have alumni and a friend of mine, Kylie Ferens, on the podcast. Kylie, she's done a lot of really cool things, one of which is starting her very own magazine. And after we stopped hitting record, we were chatting more and she was like, it's funny, I did not go to college to for journalism or to be, you know, chief editor or anything like that. Um, in fact, I don't know what she did go to college for. Now I'm curious to know. But she was like, here I am doing these things that like, who am I, you know? But she's having so much fun with it and great success. And the thing that she came on the podcast today to talk about is developing an app. She's developed a couple of apps for different things. And she just wants to share a little behind the scenes for anyone who might be considering doing the same. Or, you know, you might leave feeling like I absolutely need an app or you might feel like, wow, no, I'm good. I don't need one. That's that's a lot that goes into it. But she's very generous in sharing her experience, the cost, the time that goes into it, what it really looks like, why you might consider it, why not, all the things. So uh, I'm really excited to introduce you to to Kylie. And before we do that, I'm also excited to share that I have 191 reviews. So thank you. We're almost to 200 reviews for the podcast. If you have not left a review, please take just a moment to go and do that. I don't have ads on the podcast, but I do want to provide value to you as entrepreneurs, and I want the podcast to have longevity and be able to stick around, and I also really want to bring cool guests onto the show. So to pay it forward to yourself, uh, I ask that you just go leave a review, and I am going to read this review from Hippie Child 89 it says, Pipe Dreams Can Become Reality. 
Before finding Elizabeth's podcast, I felt like starting a quilty business was just a pipe dream. Now I'm taking tangible steps to make it a reality. I would have never dreamed this possible before. Thank you, Elizabeth, for all your great advice and encouragement. Jacques from Stitching Across the Globe. So this makes me so happy. I want you quiltrepreneurs, entrepreneurs to have just that tangible steps. You can create a creative business. You can have success with it. There's room for you. There, you know, people are spending money out there in these different niche markets and you can create something of value for, for people out there and they can come to you and find solutions and answers and products that they love. So I'm really glad that this podcast is helping you. Jacques, I wonder, are you from France? It seems like a French name. So now let's jump in and let me introduce you to Kylie Ferens. Kylie, I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Thanks for being on the Craft a Career podcast. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here again. This is great. Yeah. So, okay, for our listeners, you we're going to chat today about developing an app, which is super cool. But before we like dive into that, if you can give us a little history about Modish Quilter Magazine. Yeah, sure. So I took your course the first time uh, that you released it, and you had a section in there that would that listed all these different quilting magazines um, to, I guess, basically show us that there are a lot of options that we could submit our work to. And I went through every single one of those links and looked at all the different magazines and everything they had to offer and what was their vibe and did it match what I was putting out there. Um, and while they are all beautiful, I felt like there was something missing. And because I consider myself very modern uh, in the quilting world and, and my designs are very modern and geometric. And I just didn't feel like any of those magazines really fully captured what I would consider to be a modern quilting magazine. So being entrepreneurial minded, I just kind of was like, well, if it's not out there, then it should be. And I just decided to go for it. And so yeah, Modish Quilter was born. I found um, some people to do it with me and uh, we kind of hit the ground running and never looked back. I love that you found this void. In fact, that's something I talk a lot about to students, but finding a void serving people, finding a way to, to fill something that's missing. So I love that you did that. You mentioned you have an entrepreneurial mind. How has it been for you to focus? Because I know as an entrepreneur, we get all these ideas and like, but I could do this and I could do this. So how, what advice do you have? What can you speak to like, okay, I'm staying in my lane. (laughs) Or to not doing it and how that's hurt you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, well, I uh, am not the greatest example. Um, I know, Elizabeth, we've talked before. I've asked you, what should I do? Um, And you've told me before, just focus on one thing. I have not done that. And it... (laughs) (laughs) Shame, shame, shame. No, just kidding. (laughs) It's hard because, you know, I, I see these opportunities and it's hard to pass them up. And it's hard for me to just focus on the one thing when I know there's so many other opportunities out there. Um, 
But I would suggest focusing on one because now I, I do have, I have Modish Quilter Magazine and that is my main priority. Um, but I still have Kylie's Quilt Room and um, I have noticed over the past year or so uh, as both have been kind of growing and doing their own individual things that I become internally conflicted about what do I promote and which, you know, mm-hmm. It just is hard. Even on the, you know, the podcast today, I'm going to talk about both, but internally I'm like, which do I prioritize? And it it does become a, a, a bit tricky. So I really do think that it is in any person's best interest to focus on one thing. If you can, if you can refrain (laughs) from, you know, all block out all the other possibilities and focus on one thing, Um, I think you would find that it would benefit your business and that one thing greater than if you had your fingers in multiple. Well, I mean, I will say from personal experience, I've been doing multiple things and I still am, even though the membership ends, my ownership ends this month, I still have multiple things, but I've been preaching that for years and I've had multiple things like I hit, it's been on my mind for a year and a half. I don't even know how long to, to end the membership, but it's this scare. It's sad. It's scary. It's like, no, but I love this thing, but I want it. And like, yeah, it's so much easier for me to look at other people and be like, Oh, clearly if you go all in on the magazine, like, (laughs) duh, you know, like for myself, I need someone else to sit me down and be like, you absolutely just do this thing, you know? Right. So yeah. I, I get it. I get it's it. hard to let go of, of opportunity. It is. And all these ideas, and they're not bad ideas, you know, like right. we have these ideas and we're like, man, this could be huge. But then here we are running multiple businesses, you know, mm-hmm. like you have at least two businesses that you're running and promoting myself. I get it. I'm not saying like, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's you. hard. <laughs> I don't bash anyone, you know, that's doing the multiple things. I know it's hard. <laughs> Yep. Yep. No, we, I get it. I do get it. So, um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what's in the magazine. Like what, what has made it unique compared to the other magazines that you. Yeah. So, uh, we really try to make modish quilter magazine all about community and building that modern community. There's so many options for community in the more traditional side of quilting, And we wanted to make Modish Quilter available and like a comfort zone for all quilters, including the modern um, side of it. And so, uh, so we do a lot of spotlights and interviews on community members. We really like to highlight other designers, newer designers. Um, We just really like to get the community involved. And then we try to make our magazine set apart from others simply by the vibe that it gives off. Um, We work really hard in our photography and our art department to make sure that our magazine screams modern really. And that, um, you know, a lot of clean lines, a lot of bold colors and, um, and then the patterns that we include were, we're pretty particular about what kinds of patterns it, are included in our issues. So we welcome all kinds of submissions. Um, but if it's not in line with our vision and, um, and true to what we're trying to 
present to the community, um, then we may, you know, just we may pass on a design or we may ask you to tweak it a little bit, um, which is totally up to you as the designer. Uh, so anyway, we, we just, we really try to, we, we wrote down our vision. We wrote down our, um, you know, that one golden customer, you know, we, we embodied that person and then we really try to tailor everything to that person and making sure that, that we are filling a gap and that we're not overlapping other people's toes and, um, trying to stand out from the crowd really. And I love that you are true to your customers, because it can be easy when someone submits to want to make that person happy, but really the loyalty is to the customer and you've done a really good job of being true to that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it is hard. And I don't ever want somebody to feel bad or to feel like I didn't like their design because, um, if I, if I were to say that we didn't want to design for the magazine, that does not mean that I don't personally like it or, you know, whatever. It just means that it's not a good fit. And, and, you know, to the audience as well, if you're looking to submit your work, you want to make sure that you are submitting it to a place that is in line with what you would want to read and look at. And, um, so anyway, it's, it's a fine balance, but, uh, but yeah, we, we are happy with how it has come along. Yeah. Well, and this reminds me, so I don't know. Wow. A while ago, we won't date myself, but I used to work at anthropology and they have, every time a new clothing collection would come out, they would create a character and those clothing lines, like the entire store would get changed and it would be based on this character. And it would be like, Oh, she's a painter. She likes this music. She does this. And I mean, it went down to like the clothes they designed, the decor that they did was around this fictional person. It doesn't mean they don't like the other things. It just means they're being true to that person. And it's same with, I mean, that's a really good, branding marketing tactic to come up with this ideal client and put everything through that lens. Like, would they like this? Is this, does this fit whoever, you know, it's a really good business practice. That's cool that you shared that. Yeah. So one really cool thing that is happening with the magazine is, and well, okay. One other thing before we move on though, that's different about modish quilter magazine. It's, there are no paper. It's not a, Oh yeah. It's all, digital. Yeah. Right? I forgot the main, the main thing. Yeah. It's all digital. Uh, you know, part of the modern world is that we are all moving to a more digital platform and, uh, you know, a lot of people, we get a lot of pushback about it, uh, you know, wanting the paper. Do you really? We do, but, but I mean, not so much anymore. We did in the beginning get a lot of pushback about it, but you know, and part of me wanted to be like, oh, well, maybe in the future we'll do, you know, but no, Mm -hmm. we, that is part of the reason that we stand out from the crowd is that we do not do paper versions. And the main reason I don't do that is because whenever I have subscribed to magazines in the past, I love looking through them. I'm, you know, just like any other person, I love to hold things in my hand and read books and, you know, physical books and physical magazines. It's great. But I hate when I get a stack of magazines that I've looked through And now what do I do with them? And you just collect these old, you know, stacks and stacks of these old magazines that you don't want to throw away, but you're never going to look at again. You know, (laughs) so, um, so that was, you know, we really, we do not plan to ever be paper. We will, we plan to maintain this digital, um, presence and, and, you know, moving forward into the future, 
that's the way to go. Uh, you know, we're not going back to a more paper life. No, we're moving forward to all digital, um, which really moves us into what we've been doing recently. Our, our most recent um, development with the magazine is that we've developed an app for the magazine, which has been really fun and exciting. I'm so excited to hear about this because I'm sure there are many people listening who are like, an app, that'd be amazing. So who did the app development? Let's start there. Yeah. Where does one go do this? Yeah, so we I've done a lot of... So I have an app now with Modish Quilter and an app for Kylie's Quilt Room um, that we have just released. And I've learned so much about app development and it's so fascinating because I guess, I guess we should start with the, re- the question of like, why build an app? Why, why is that important for my business or your business or whatever? And if you look at some statistics and I pulled some up on, um, you can just Google, you know, app, mobile app statistics, but on zipia.com, they give some really interesting insight into the world of applications. Um, so I wanted to share just a couple of them with you because they kind of blew my mind a little bit. Um, it said here that the average American has 80 apps downloaded on their phone, which I'm like, wow. I mean, I guess I could go count all the apps on my phone, but it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. So the average smartphone owner uses nine to 10 apps every day and 30 per month. That's a lot of app using on a regular basis. Um, so anyway, I, you know, looking at that and then looking at the growth of apps overall, um, which I found this on Gorilla Logic, that revenue in the app development sector is expected to show an annual growth rate of 7.89%. And we'll be making $218 billion revenue by 2027. So pause real quick. I'm curious. Well, maybe you'll share this or maybe you found research, but like, is it, well, you must know this. So is it more beneficial to have an app as opposed to a website? And what, why, what are the pros? Yeah. So, so there's, there's a, there's a time and a place for each. Um, I think that to develop a relationship with a customer, I feel like the website is more beneficial. But once you have that base relationship with your customers, providing something more convenient for them, like an app, is a really great way to go, depending on what you're offering. It's not for everybody. You know, it's, it's really not for everybody. So the apps that I've developed for Modish Quilter is an app that allows people to view each issue like an e-reader. So you have it in your pocket at all times. Let's say you go to the, the quilt shop and, oh, I didn't print out the pattern or whatever. Pull it up on your phone. You can look through the patterns or, you know, say there's an article you were talking, you thought about and you wanted to share with your friend. You can pull it up on an app. So we've already developed that relationship with our customers. They already are subscribed. They are, they know they want to subscribe or something, you know, whatever. And now here we are providing a more convenient way to access it, um, which is the app. So, and then on, in Kylie's quilt room, my husband and I developed an app that is um, a journaling app for quilt projects. So it's 
journaling, cataloging, and um, tracking your quilt projects. And it's in, it's a free app. So because it's free, I didn't feel the need to like um, build a big rapport first before releasing a free app because it doesn't, you know, you don't have to warm up anybody. People love free stuff. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, so, so those are the, the two projects that I've been working on. Um, and your husband, did he make those apps or like, how does one do okay, that? Yeah. So developing an app takes a long time. It takes a long time. And I have been fortunate that my husband does develop. Uh, he's a web developer slash has kind of been mingling in or dabbling in app development, um, mostly because he, he just is super interested in it. Uh, but when considering developing an app, there's a lot more than just who's going to develop it. You also have to consider it kind of like what we talked about before about like focusing in on what it is you're offering your, your clients and your, your audience, you need to narrow it down because there's so many options. Once again, even, even if you've narrowed down your business, you're like, okay, well now I'm going to provide this new service through an app. You really need to narrow down. What is this app going to accomplish and how is it going to serve my current audience better? And, um, so we did a lot of research and we went several different routes with the different apps that we have. So for Modish, we wanted um, an app that would tailor to our sub current subscribers. So when looking for someone to develop this app, it was kind of beyond my husband's capabilities because it requires so much sensitive information and um, and a lot of just a lot of background keeping track of all these subscriptions and who get, uh, gets access to what. So we found, um, we found a company that specializes in, and they already have like a platform for magazines basically, and does apps for magazines. We, we need names. What's the name? It's called, it's called mag plus. And so M A G plus, uh, and they basically have like a boilerplate app and then they just kind of plug in all of your branding and, um, and, and then your issues as well. And, but putting all of that together, it takes so much time. We've been working on this for over a year. So I would, you know, also urge people considering to make an app that you really take into consideration the time that it takes to make it the best that you can for your audience and to do it right. Um, so it, it's been, we've been working on it for over a year now and putting together, you know, the mag plus, um, company, they put things together really quickly, but then on our end, we had to learn as a group, as a company and as a team, we had to learn all the ins and outs of how do we reformat each issue and get it ready for the app and for viewing in different formats. Cause there, you got to think about people are looking at it on their phone. People are looking at it on their tablets, on their desktops. So each of those sizes has to be a different reformatting. Uh, it's not as intuitive as you would think you do have to do a lot of redesigning. So each issue we spend, um, several days on each issue, reformatting it to each different size. So it does take a lot of time and a lot of effort on our team's behalf. 
But we, the benefit of putting our issues into an app is that we can include so much more for our users. We can embed video tutorials. We can embed um, intro videos from our contributors so that you can see face-to-face -face who these designers are. We can include links. We can include audio. Uh, so something I plan to do in the future is make it sort of like an audiobook. So if you don't have time to sit and listen or sit and read an article, but you want to listen to it, then you can listen to me, read it to you. <laughs> That's really cool. So, I love yeah, this. So there's some really interesting features when you dig into apps and what, how, like, you know, we already provide this great thing that each issue, you know, that is what we're providing is this magazine subscription. But by have, by creating an app, we're able to provide so much more on top of it and still keep it very in line with what we're doing and being digital and being modern and providing the best content experience for and viewing experience for our customers. So there's some really exciting stuff. About that. Yeah. Okay. My mind is going down the path. I've reached out. I'm I'm interested in putting ads in your magazine. Like if yeah. there were a digital ad, it could be a video of me speaking or showing something, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. There's so many, so many more options. Yeah. We could, I mean, we could get real creative and we can also include um, like links that jump to surveys or links that jump to videos or websites, you know, like whatever you, yeah. You could do video ads. There's all kinds of stuff. that, And we hope that by, by um, providing this app and making it more convenient, that people are more incentivized to look at it more often or, you know, to really utilize everything that it has to offer. Well, it's much more, it's much more of an experience. It is not so two-dimensional. It becomes like... Yes way more yes. interactive, like the, the relationship, the connection. And I'm curious, you said you'll be reading, but if I were submitting an article, I would be, I would want to give yeah. the audio myself, you know, so that yeah. people could connect with me and like that, mm -hmm. that connection that people can make. And I'm, I'm honestly not giving a plug for people to like submit to your magazine. However, when people make a connection on that level, like, first of yeah. all, the value of what you're providing, I hope that your price goes up. What is the price we point did. of your magazine? We increased recently when we released the app. So uh, it's currently $49.99 a year. So we went up from $40 a year to $49.99. Um, and as we add features, we will probably in continue to increase our price. So definitely get in now because we'll grandfather you in. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I'm curious, how much time is this taking? Like, is, are you earning money on this? Is that a rude question to ask? I feel invasive, but like, that's no, a okay. lot of work. It is a lot of work. Um, it is definitely a lot of work, but it is making money. Um, and we saw a significant um, increase in sales when we released the app. So it, it's been, it has been really good for our company and we've done a lot of, um, promoting the app, uh, and we'll continue to do so currently. The, the one setback is because it takes such a long time to kind of, um, get into the rhythm of putting things together for the app, which we found kind of our stride. We found our stride, so it'll get easier as we go. Um, but we've got a lot of back issues that aren't in the app yet. And so we're going to continue to 
reformat all the back issues. And I think that'll, that'll be really nice is to have everything, all of our older issues in there as we continue to release new issues. So hmm. yeah, it'll get there and it'll become more profitable and we will, will I think be able to charge more for ads as well. Yeah. Said we, we could do video ads and we can do audio ads and things like that and, and make it worth more. So how did you market this? How did people find out that you had an app? Uh, well, you know, I th- I know you've talked about this a lot before in the past, but having an email list is huge and, <laughs> you know, never give anything for free without an email, you know? And, and so we've, get, we've done a lot in the last couple of years, uh, cultivating that email list. And that has been the number one benefit for us, or I guess I should say, um, selling point for us is using our email list. And, uh, so we, yeah, we just advertised the heck out of it in our email and we continue to do so, you know, all we've got a sales funnel whenever somebody, um, you know, clicks on pretty much anything, then they're put into this funnel. And then we tell them about the app, tell them about all the products that, you know, all the services that we provide and yada, yada. And then we've done a lot on Instagram and Facebook and showing videos and sharing with people because the app is free. Anybody can go download it and see our sampler issue, the free sampler issue. Oh, very cool. So anyone can go download, go search for Modish Quilter app or sorry, Modish Quilter magazine in, in your app store, Android and Apple, and you can download the app and view the free sampler issue. And then if you are a, sub- a subscriber, which you can go to our website to subscribe, then you can log in on the app and all of your issues that are assigned to you that you've either purchased or, you know, gotten through your subscription will be available to you on the app. Hmm. So, so it's kind of like, you know, it's great that we've got the free options so we can, you know, people can kind of get a feel for what it is they're getting themselves into and see the value of what they're purchasing. Have you had any issues of login? Cause I know I do with my people. They're like, well, I don't remember my login or like, I don't know. Have you had issues with that? Oh my gosh. There's always tech issues. I feel like I spend like 50% of my time when I'm responding to emails, just responding to tech issues. And (laughs) which is difficult because I'm not a techie person. And luckily I have my husband who is that, you know, he can help me figure a lot of this stuff out. But that is one of the nice things about the Modish app and having it be through another company is that if I really have a big issue that I cannot fix, then I can pass it along to them and they can help. So uh, part of using them and paying for their service is that they provide uh, some customer service and tech issues. So I do get I do get assistance with that. But in Kylie's quilt room, my the other app that I developed, which is called My Quilts app, and that's totally free to anybody. And that's my husband and I just did that ourselves. And it's currently um, only available on Apple because, and actually this is something pretty also important to consider when developing apps, is that the Android and Apple platforms for apps have different requirements. And so you have to jump through different hoops to uh, have your app on both platforms. It's really actually quite a pain in the butt. <laughs> that, yeah, and, that's a bummer. 
It is. It is a bummer. And Apple charges way more, but there's so many more users on Apple. Right. So they charge you an annual fee to have an app on their platform, but Google only charges you a one-time fee. Hmm. That's much. And it's like the same price, like 20, 20 bucks or 20 or $30. So Google charges 20, $30 once and Apple charges that yearly. <laughs> so it's really interesting. I didn't know there was a fee at all. I mean, that makes oh, sense. Yeah, yeah. That there is a fee. yeah. And there's a lot of like, if you don't know what you're getting yourself into, you should really dig into what are the rules regarding purchases in apps, because Apple has a lot of really strict rules. Uh, like you can't direct people outside of the app to purchase things what? because they oh. want you because they want you to purchase in the app and then yeah. they get a cut. So yeah. you, oh, like they get there's a cut. just so many, They take a percentage. Yes. They take a percentage of sales within apps if it's on their platform. So like you really have to think about these things and like how do you want this to be set up and are you willing to let Apple mm-hmm. take a chunk of it or not? And so anyway, um, yeah, so we've with the My Quilts app, which is the journaling app through Kylie's Quilt Room, with that app, it's free, but we have had a difficult time getting the Android version finished and polished and out there because the Apple one there, it was a lot easier to jump through all the hoops to get that one done. But the Android has been a little more convoluted and difficult. There's a, there's so much that goes into it that you really need to do your homework or find someone who really knows what they're doing. Um, so when developing an app, some things to consider are... You need a developer, you need a designer, and then you need to have the content. So we hired somebody on Upwork. Have you heard of Upwork before? Okay, so yeah, we used Upwork to hire someone to design the app. And we basically just had to submit to them, like, this is what we're thinking of doing. We want to do like a basically a digital journal for quilters and... We want to be able to have like a public wall, a favorites wall and or section or tab or whatever. And then like all these different entry categories for your quilting projects. And anyway, they go through and design each page and you kind of go like back and forth about, you know, I like this, don't like that, whatever, and tweaking it until you're happy with it. And then you have to find a developer who can write the code to actually bring all that to life. I want you to finish, but I also want to discuss when would an app, what, when is it worth it? Like for the magazine, that seems obvious. Yes. But well, yeah. Yes. So it definitely, obviously like the right direction for modish. However, for Kylie's quilt room, it was more, um, you know, we just, we had this idea and we just felt like it has so much potential. So it's, it's mainly a cataloging and tracking app. However, you have the ability to see what other people have put on the public wall. So it becomes a bit of a social platform and we plan to roll out more future, more, sorry, plan to roll out more features in the future that will include more of a social aspect to it. So it has, you know, we started small with it, but it has a lot of potential to grow and to be something much bigger. And to us, it just felt like a good direction to go for modern quilting and like looking into the future, like we talked about before, you know, the future is digital. 
And how can we bring quilting into this futuristic digital world? And we really felt like this app could do a lot of those things for the quilting community. So this is my like business hat coming on. What if you were to use that app that you have for Kylie's quilt room for modish quilter as a means of building a community and people can post what they've made and then anyone can join it, but then they're incentivized to then join and subscribe to the magazine because they're seeing all of the people purchases. And we definitely have thought about merging, uh, the two and, and, you know, possibly in the future, um, there's just a lot more that goes on behind the scenes and, and the, the cost of developing an app, which is something else I wanted to talk about too, is that it does cost a lot of money to develop an app. You have to pay the designer, which, um, for, for Kylie's quilt room app, the, my quilts app, it costs about, I want to say it was about two or $3,000 to just have it designed. And then on top of that, you have to have it developed. Now, my husband did a lot of it, but we also hired some help on some just to get it done faster. And so we spent a couple more thousand dollars just to help get it developed. So you really, I feel like you need to be prepared to spend between five and $10,000 to get an app developed correctly and out there in a manner that's really going to represent the best of you to your audience. Mm Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, let's chat about, I mean, I can imagine a lot of people hearing this being like, and I'm out, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what are some other, just from off the top of your head, what are some other business models that you could see benefiting from having an app? Um, I mean, the, the possibilities are endless, but what I think is important to recognize is the different opportunities that you have through an app to make money. Because, you know, not every app, I mean, there was another statistic on here on the zipia.com link that said, um, well, I can't find it now, but it basically was like one in every 10 apps actually make it. Um, I'll have to look for the actual thing on it. And it said something like 14 in every 100 business apps really become successful. So I think it really, what it really boils down to is, are you making something that is different enough or a need enough for people to want to use and, and then make, making the time and spending the money to make it right. But whether you have a free app or a paid for app, like there's just so many ways to make money in an app. You can, you can do, um, ads And I know Google and Apple both have uh, like set platforms where you can just use their ads and they'll just generate random ads and you can get paid that way. But what I plan to do for Kylie's Quilt Room, because it's a free app, I plan to, when it gets to a decent size, that I can then take that, those numbers and those statistics to other companies that are quilting related and it will be a significant enough viewers that they will want to pay for ads in, and I want to make it very like niche, like, you know, I want to make it all streamlined ever any ads that I'm putting into an app. I want it to be in line with what the people on the app would want to see. So I want to make sure that we build this app up, you know, in our, in our minds, my husband and I were thinking 10,000 users and we could get paid a lot of money from 
advertisers from companies that want very, you know, niche advertising. And, you know, here we have this platform full of quilters. Let's put in some ads from shops. Then you can click right to their shop and buy more fabric and make your next project to put in the app, you know, or uh, Art Gallery Fabrics or Riley Blake or whatever. Put ads in the in the app and then people can see upcoming fabric lines and, oh, this would be really cute with this pattern that I was just looking at. Uh, and then anyway, the list goes on and on. So you can really, there are lots of different ways to get creative with making money in an app. And if you're comfortable putting the money up up front and you have a good idea and you have a good plan, you should be able to make that money back. But you have to be, you you have to like believe in yourself and, you know, really, really work to make it happen. It's not going to happen overnight. Apps are not successful overnight. You have to really think long-term. I mean, everything you're saying about an app can be said about business in general. So many percent of businesses make it. You need to find a niche. You need to find an area that's unique, that you're solving a problem. I mean, literally everything you need to have a successful app, you need to have a successful business. Yes. Like it goes, and I'm not saying that every successful business needs an app. I'm just saying right. the qualifications are yeah. the same, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I definitely want to reiterate that not every business needs an app. And, and I, I, I couldn't say really like what I think, you know, memberships could probably have an app. Uh, I don't know. But I don't think every quilt designer out there needs an app. Right. You know, there's just, you really have to think about what are you providing and how are you making it different? And does it make sense to have it super convenient in an app form? Well, and then I'm curious, because I've been thinking, like, I use Kajabi uh, for my courses and and used to be membership. Um, They now have, like, a branded app that you can go in and create a branded app. So I, I, I mean, I would not be incentivized to create an app then because Kajabi is providing that for me, unless there's some major, it, the pain points would have to be pretty big though, for me to like invest in that. And also that's interesting that they take a percentage of each. What is the percentage that they take Apple? I, and- cannot, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it's just, if you are like, you know, the in-app purchases that you see on pretty much every app. Yeah. So if for Modish Quilter, if we allowed people to subscribe within the app, then mm-hmm. Apple would take a percentage of this each subscription cost. So we just don't, we just cut that all out and you have, okay, you yeah. have to go subscribe on your website, but I can't say in the app, go to our website to subscribe because then Apple will shut us down. <laughs> so, hmm, interesting. Yeah. So it gets kind of tricky and like, huh. you don't want to like break any rules, but also like, what the heck Apple? <laughs> right. No kidding. I mean, I get where they're coming from, but also like, yeah, yeah. I do get, it's interesting as a business owner, anytime I hear they take a percentage, I'm like, Ugh. at no. first I didn't care because I didn't understand the power of that. But yeah. after seeing like, wait a minute. Yeah. I could have earned this much, but I actually earned this much. PayPal took how much? You know, yeah. like I get really earned well, by it. When you think about your the Kajabi thing and and the platform that you're already using, you know, thinking about their app and that you said they take a percentage. That percentage Kajabi doesn't. Well, but Kajabi PayPal. Doesn't. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah. I was just thinking, you know, these platforms that create apps, they're 
they're providing a service to you by developing it that you would have to pay for anyway. And so mm-hmm. having something that is already kind of like a boilerplate app that you just kind of plug in your brand and your stuff into will actually be a lot easier to develop and get out there faster than to just go find a developer who can build you an app from scratch. That's going to take a lot longer. So sometimes you pay more to get it done faster, you know, than anyway. So it like, like I said, I've done both and, and there's a time and a place for both. Right. Exactly. There's pros and cons because if you go do it on your own, especially for like modest culture, I'm really trying to rack my brain. I know there are going to be other businesses out there that I'm like, Oh, this would make total sense. Yeah. I I just can't think of any off the top. I know I can't think of any, (laughs) but I'm sure there's going to be a listener that's like, it's me. It's me. Yeah. But, um, there's a reason for you to have it be totally customizable, you know, and then there's more cookie cutter, like, Oh, I have a course and we need a community great go through Kajabi, you know? Right. Yeah. Or whoever. Yeah. Right. Which is why for the magazine, having a boilerplate app provider worked so well, because it's just, it's a magazine. You know, I don't want to say it's just a magazine because I feel like it's so special, you know, (laughs) but right. Right. It does follow a pattern that has already been done before. So there was no need to reinvent the wheel. And, Mm -hmm. you know, but with the cataloging and journaling app for the My Quilts app, that is something that has not been done and not in the quilting world, you know, there's that's, and I wanted it to be very customizable and very unique to our community. And so that is something that we had to build from scratch and we're super proud of it. And we're continuing to like make tweaks and, and take feedback. Cause we've, I only released it a couple of weeks ago. So it's, oh, yeah, cool. so that one is pretty new, but, um, but yeah, it's both are just so exciting to have finally out. I've been working for, over a year now on both of these apps. And it's just so nice to finally have them out there and in people's hands and (laughs) getting, it is exciting. (laughs) So, okay. Tell us the name of both apps again, Modish Quilter, Modish Quilter magazine app. And that, and you can, anybody can go download that and get the free sampler issue. And you can look through that. Um, there's a fun little quiz in there. There's some patterns and basically it just gives you a preview of what you would find in our full size issues. So our full size issues are typically around 100 to 120 pages um, and comes with articles, comes with spotlights on community members. A lot of times we'll ask the community to submit photos and we'll do like a big collage of photos. Um, Each issue has a theme. And so those collages of of submitted photos will usually go with the theme and the articles and patterns and um, so much good stuff that goes with that. And then and then, of course, through the app. We have uh, video tutorials that go along with each pattern um, when needed. Uh, so anyway, so that is Modish Quilter. And then through Kylie's Quilt Room, my husband and I developed the app called My Quilts app. And it's all about cataloging, journaling, and tracking your quilt patterns and or projects. So you can add photos, you can add all kinds of information about your pattern, about you know the size that you made, the designer the fabric line, what kinds of techniques you used, how it was quilted, um, and tracking your, there's like a little progress bar. So if you've started the project, but not finished, then you'll get, you know, like 50% done. And, um, and then at the bottom, what I think is super cool, uh, and, and probably a lot of other quilters do this too, is that when I'm making a quilt, 
I spend a lot of time in my own headspace and, and thinking through things. And, and I spend a lot of time picking out my fabrics and things like that, especially if I'm making it for someone, I spend a lot of time thinking about that person while I'm making it. So there's a section in the app, uh, when you're journaling about your project to record your thoughts and feelings of that project. And I just think that that is unique and fun to be able to say, you know, this was a gift for this person. And these are some of the thoughts that the thoughts that I had while I was making this for that person, or maybe even like, these are some of the world events that were happening while I was making this quilt or, you know, the possibilities are endless, right? Whatever you want. Um, and then you, the, the fun thing that you can do is either mark your project private or public. And if it's public, it'll show up on the discovery page and you can scroll through the discovery page and see what other quilters are making. And you can favorite other people's projects so that you can go back and look at it and say, Oh, I want to remember to, you know, I really like that pattern they made or the colors that they chose. And, and then you can go back and look at your favorites whenever you need to and find inspiration from them. So dare I say, this is almost like a form of social media tailored for quilting. Yeah, that's like, really what we hope to achieve eventually. It will, you know, it'll come in stages. Um, the next features that we want to roll out are the um, option to follow other makers. Mm, cool. Makers, like I really like what this person makes. And then you could go look at all their other quilts that they've made. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's very much like its own social media for quilters. That is really cool. Okay. I love that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We've gotten so, a lot of great feedback about it. Yeah. I'm going to have to go check it out. I like the follow option because it is intriguing as a business owner, but also I like that aspect of social media, yeah. you know, where you can tailor what you're seeing yes. a little bit, you know? Yeah. That's been the number one most requested feature so far is being able to follow other people. So. <laughs> So that's something we're, we're hoping to work on as soon as possible. But like I said earlier, we only have the Apple version available currently for that app. Um, so we have the Android version with testers right now, and we hope to get that done and finished within the week so that we can then move on and focus on rolling out some of these more exciting features. Well, I, I wasn't catching the vision of just how big that could be then if yeah. it's like the next Instagram for quilters yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. Like a social mm -hmm. media that is very specific to this hobby. Very cool. I like that. I like it a lot. <laughs> Thanks. So for our listeners that are intrigued about, let's just bring it even from apps to business in general In closing, what would be some advice that you have for someone who is either starting or wanting to grow their creative career? Um, I really feel like if you have a vision that you believe in and you feel could be, could make it big or could really like go the distance or stand the test of time, then, and you believe in it and are passionate about it, like that's worth something. And your followers will recognize your passion and that alone will make it more valuable to your followers. And I feel like if you just, if you can stick it out, you know, make a plan and stick it out. And, you know, it's like the long con, you know, <laughs> you really stay with it. And, and then you have a better chance of succeed as succeeding. I feel like so many businesses don't succeed because they burn out or, or just get tired of waiting for, you know, their success to boom. 
it takes time. It takes on average three to five years for new businesses to feel like they're making it. So that's a long time. We've only been doing Modish for three years now, and it does feel that way. Some days I'm like, this is so much work. When is this going to really be like the exploding, most awesome thing that I hoped it would be? But I really have to, you know, stay true to the values of the business and just keep holding on (laughs) because if you have that passion and you've got that vision, it will happen. You just have to stick it out. I really do like that, which I'm curious because I've actually heard other people specifically say, how has Kylie done this? Like, she's just crazy successful. (laughs) So how have you like seen the kind of success that you've seen? Because it's interesting. We all feel like I'm not that successful. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I do feel that I, uh, that's funny that you say that I'm flattered. Um, I guess fake it till you make it (laughs) because, you know, if you, if you exude that kind of energy, you know, like you are putting that out there, then you're just asking for the universe to give it back. And I, uh, you know, I like to think that I am successful at what I do. Uh, but I'm also a realist in realizing like what I do takes a lot of long hours and a lot of hard work and a lot of days and tears and, you know, the, where I'm just like, why am I doing this? This is not working yes. the way I wanted it to <laughs> or, you know, it's just, it's a lot of hard that comes with a lot of the good. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate that people recognize what I'm doing. That is very validating to me. Um, but I also want those people to know that it it didn't come easily and it didn't come overnight. Um, I said before that I have always been kind of very entrepreneurial minded. And if you can get in that mindset, um, and stick it out, that that's really the best recipe for success is I really can't say enough about just sticking it out and, and it will happen. Well, I I have to say too, I can see from an outsider's perspective that you just jump in and do the thing. I I can't tell you how many people, a lot of people think of things. They're like, that'd be cool, but they don't do it. Here you are. You've started a magazine. You've made the app. Like you are doing it it. and have it. Exactly. What are you going to lose by just trying, you know, you lose your time and you know, okay. $5,000. But at least you tried. I feel like there's you know, there's something to be said for just, you know, jumping in and trying and, and seeing where it takes you. What else, what, what would you be doing in the meantime? And would you regret exactly when you get to the end of the end of your life, are you going to look back and be like, I can't believe I took that risk, you know, or, and, and tried to bring my visions to life? Or are you going to be like the opposite and be like, that was amazing, an amazing ride, you know, (laughs) and maybe maybe it did, but what a fun ride. Um, -hmm. so anyway, yeah, I love that. Awesome. So for our listeners, you said, but let's say again, if they want to find you, where's the best place to find you? Uh, modish quilter at modish quilter on Instagram or modish quilter.com. Uh, and then on the app store, you can search for modish quilter magazine. And then for Kylie's quilt room, it's just at Kylie's quilt room on Instagram. And then if you want the app, you can just search my quilts app on the Apple store right now, but hopefully soon the Android store. 
Awesome. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you for giving us the behind the scenes yes, look of creating of apps. And- I could go on and on. Yeah. <laughs> so if anybody else here is interested in more and, you know, asking more questions, please reach out. I'd love to talk about it. And I love to, you know, talk to other people about their businesses and what works and what doesn't work. So please reach out. I'd love to talk. Now you're offering that now down the road. <laughs> you might become so big that you're like, I retract that statement. <laughs> but that's very nice. Well, the, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for being here, Kylie. Yeah. Thank you, Elizabeth. Kylie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. What a pleasure to chat with you. And it was fun. After we recorded, you know, we talked a little bit about how you were like, I really hope it doesn't come across that this just came because of good luck. Because she's like, it's not luck. This has been really hard work. And she has put in a lot of work. And she, you know, sometimes it can look like, man, she just took that course in 2020. And since it's only been three years, and she now has a magazine and all of this. But she's like, oh, it's been so, so much work, a lot of tears, a lot of money, a lot of time. And so just to paint that reality of not just like, oh, it's like a magic wand was waved and she had success. But anytime, you know, to have success in a business, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Like even this app, it looks like, oh, cool, there's an app. A year or so, you know, of and a lot of investment and time and having a husband who really helped with that. So just kind of painting a reality of what it looks like to have success. But also I heard someone say um, to think of your business success in terms of decades instead of years. So instead of like, well, this better, I, I want to have this result in a year. Think long term. Are you in this for the long term? Are you willing to stick around? Because if you do, you're willing to invest in things that are going to have a longer payoff. Um, so I, I, I see that with Kylie and I can see that with those who are really, you know, in it for the long term. They approach their business a little bit differently and they're okay with taking some risks that might take longer to pay off. Um, so yeah, Kylie, thank you for being here, for sharing this perspective of your business and especially about a look inside of developing apps. Very cool and insightful. Thank you so much for being here on the Craft to Career podcast. I'll be back next Friday with a brand new episode and a a new guest that I'm excited to introduce you to. Until then, have a wonderful week. 